I was not aware that 3252 had a faction. They have the 3252 Hollywood, the 3252 Wolfpack, right. the 3252 LWO. Different theme songs, different flags that they throw up for life, forever, for La Raza. Thank you for downloading and listening to the West Box Score. We take a look at sports on the west side of the country, inside and outside of the box score. Here to do that with me is my co-host, my co-pilot, my co-captain, the Tommy Lasorda, to my Fernando Valenzuela, Donald Paz. What's up, Donald? Yo, what up, Alex? How you been, man? I've been good, man. I'm pumped because I'm seeing live baseball on my TV for the moment, so I'm excited about that. Before we bring on the third man of this killer pitching rotation, I got to take a quick moment to ask you to please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WestBoxScore, and also subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts downloaded. Now the man with a wicked screwball of his own from the Fox Crate Podcast, Sonny Edmano. What's up, Sonny? Well, it's up. It's it's more of a fork ball or screw uh, a knuckle ball that I like to throw every now and then. But I always refer to you as the knuckle ball of the group. So <laughs> that's funny. I'll t- I'll take it. I'll take it. What's up, boys? How you doing? You good, man? Good to have you back on again. So before we get into the show this week, uh, we got to take a moment to recognize. Uh, what the women of the WNBA are doing. Before the game between the New York Liberty and Minnesota Lynx this past weekend, both teams walked off the court during the national anthem. And I got to say, that's probably the strongest political statement I've seen in sports since, you know, the Colin Kaepernick taking a knee during the anthem. But this wasn't the first time the WNBA players have used their platform to speak out on social injustice issues. Donald, what have they done in the past? Well, in 2016, uh, the Indiana Fever, the New York Liberty, and the Phoenix Mercury were all fined $5,000 each, and each of the players were fined $500 for wearing black t-shirts during the pregame warm-ups. It was in the wake of uh, recent shootings and to protest against police brutality. The WNBA at the time uh, said that the shirts were violating the league's uniform policy. However, though, um, I believe because of some, you know, media reports and a lot of probably I'm assuming a lot of backlash at that time too. Um, the former WNBA president and the league also ended up uh, rescinding the fines. And the president uh, tweeted out saying, uh, we appreciate our players expressing themselves on the matters most important to them. Uh, we are rescinding the imposed fines to show them even more support. So what they did um, over this weekend by walking out was a really big hold my beer moment for sure. Totally right. It was just so moving. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, that's it. All my chips in the WNBA pot. I love this, man. This is so cool to see athletes use their platform to speak out on this. And like we've always said, like we don't need sports right now during what's going on with, of course, the pandemic and the the social justice issues that are going on in the world. But it's if they are going to give them to us, if our athletes are going to play, then they might as well use that time to do this. So big ups to these women and such strong characters on 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 the court there. That's unbelievable. Sonny, uh, do you have any, do you have anything to add? Uh, no, I, I mean, no, you, you, you were spot on. The only thing I, I'd want to throw out there is a, is a quick shout out to, uh, to Kyrie Irving for, uh, for stepping up and donating, I think yes. it was 1.5 million, million to, uh, all the WNBA players that opted out. I thought that was, uh, yeah. that was a huge move, man. Um, you know, sometimes, Kyrie uh, says some questionable things, you know, fire yeah. earth or stuff like that. But, uh, but, um, but he, but on this social tip, on the social front, he's been, uh, you know, far and away one of one of the leading advocates for it, and it's it's been awesome to see. So, uh, shout out to Kyrie for that. This is one of those things where I brought up really quickly to Donald over the weekend while I was watching um, Championship Sunday in the Premier League. They were promoting the fact they were going to cut away from that coverage to bring us NBC's news' coverage of the John Lewis Memorial. But as a sports fan, once again, this narrow-minded sports fan, I'm like, I got to see my sports. What the heck? You're going to cut away? But it's just this touching movement of John Lewis's casket going over the Selma Bridge, which is like, in that moment, it hits you. This man did such a great thing in his life. And as people, we can only hope to do good things in our own lives. Like in, in, in any little facet that nobody's perfect, but do one good thing. And you kind of hope that that's going to make make you be remembered for that. And it's just incredible to see. Yeah. Which is which just shows you how much sports are are the back 
backdrop to society. And it's so important that we see the good that people do as not just athletes, but as the people that they are. So we have to recognize that as well. Yeah. So as we continue looking at sports here on this podcast, the MLS's back tournament kept going, even with the Galaxy not involved. The LAFC was involved in, over the week. Um Wait a minute. Don't we need like a Donald to update us on what we've missed in the last week? From the Galaxy's um, point of view? Since, well, just period. I mean, sure. I, I, the Galaxy did. Let's not pretend like the Galaxy didn't play here at any point. <laughs> you know what? You uh, are right. I forgot since the last time we did a podcast. You're right. The Galaxy did correct. play. How did that work out for us, Donald? Um, I kind of watched the game here and there. Uh, really was not really into it, given that I already knew they were out. Um, they tied. <laughs> Stop smiling, Sonny. Um, I believe it was uh, Pavon that, that drew the game. I, I, penalty, yeah, kick. penalty kick. Um, surprise there. That uh, Sam Pavon, t- according to uh, New York City. That's right. 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 Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because if they yeah. if Houston had won, then um, they would have had four points, which would have advanced them to the round of sixteen. But because they drew, NYCFC advanced with three points. And uh, I did the math on it because I was saying if if the Galaxy win, they'll have three points. And NYCFC was at minus two goal differential. The Galaxy were at minus five prior to the match. So if they make Mm. four goals, they'd be at minus one and they would go in. But that that was that was a stretch. Obviously, I knew that. But, you know, I was praying for miracles. And I I guess it didn't happen. (laughs) The Lord wanted them to come back to LAX. Some Pavlon didn't answer our prayers. No. I was more upset watching that game in the 96th minute or whatever it was of extra time where Zubak had a clear shot, but he stopped running on that play. And that would have been the goal to at least give the Galaxy a win in this tournament, to at least go away with one win. Not only that, it would have been their it would have been their first actual proper goal <laughs> of the whole tournament that wasn't a penalty kick or a own goal. Well, Chicha only had one goal that was a proper goal. Oh yeah, Chicharito, but All that right. was with the man. That was with ten men on the field. So even then, uh, you know, so Portland many rules was at a for a proper decision. goal. Is that how soccer works? <laughs> you, there's a long list, man. We're gonna go over that for you. Don't worry, I'm working on the document for you, Alex. We'll get you caught up real soon. Don't worry. That's the man. spinoff series podcast. I can't wait for that one. That's not how soccer works. But proper gold aside, the Galaxy did not advance to the knockout stage. LAFC did. They played over the week. It was a very exciting matchup. How did this, you know, this playoff atmosphere because it's a knockout round game? Well, um, well let's backtrack. Wait, they went. They 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 put themselves in a in a tough spot. You know, to, to backpack. You want to go that. over Portland? Again, oh yeah, just, just Portland. let's just touch touch over that just a little bit because um, they of course drew against Portland. Mm-hmm. Uh, although they were winning that game two to, two to one, and then they ended up. Uh, conceding the late goal and mm-hmm. essentially tying, essentially giving the group away to Portland, um, which at the time was was kind of upsetting, you know, to see because as the bracket was shaking out, we were going to we were going to get FC Cincinnati, the you know the new franchise that I think anybody would say that's that's who we would have preferred to face rather than the Seattle Sounders, the the reigning MLS champs and the team that just knocked us out uh, last MLS playoffs. And that wasn't in the cards. That's not how it went down. Instead, we got to face Seattle. And uh, and Donald, how did that go? The LAFC won convincingly um, against Seattle, which was a really, really interesting game to watch. It was definitely a playoff game for sure. Um it, it was crazy seeing how in control LAFC was. And at times I kind of was wondering, you know, if they would run out of gas. Cause I feel like that's the only thing they, they that would have helped, uh, Seattle. Um, Seattle, I would give them props for passing and dribbling. I was all amazed on how they were able to pass the ball to each other. Of course, cause I'm, I'm doing the comparison to the Galaxy and how they just don't have that. Um, it just feels like they knew where each other was when they gave the ball up. The only thing with, uh, with the Seattle Sounders is they didn't have a finisher. They didn't know how to finish. And that's credit to the LAFC being able to step their defense up. Um, they definitely, they knew how to drop back. They protected the goal, um, almost close to a clean sheet, uh, but definitely a very impressive performance by LAFC. Um, obviously I think the only negatives would be that Rossi 
had a lot of opportunity to put that game away like by a long shot you know probably like five nothing and um it just didn't happen but uh you know he definitely got his goal in and i thought it was really great i feel like if lafc keeps playing like that i I don't see why they don't win that tournament the 4-1 score should have really been maybe eight to one score it easily could have been and it should have been which is the only bad thing you could take away from this game uh, uh, that you could say that LAFC didn't accomplish there. Everything, they, but as I mentioned in the in the group text between us all, that LAFC here does look like the tournament favorite, and I understand why now because of how they played against Seattle. So big ups to you, Sandy Mano. Please give us more of your LAFC insight. I just want to take this in for a second. (laughs) I want to to marinate what you just said, what just came from your mouth right now. Um, Chew on it a little bit. Enjoy. Mm. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. And as a Galaxy fan, I hope this is the last time I have to say it, but I uh, I don't think it will. There's going to be a future soundbite that will be repeated on this show for episodes to come i hope you know i will be editing cutting this section (laughs) there's just Um, random drop-ins of that that's right that's right um what can i say about this game it was uh frustrating It, it was frustrating um, there were many positives. Let's, let me start with the positives. The first thing is finally LAFC did not wait to get punched in the face first, uh, as they had all previous three games. They um, kept conceding goals early early on in this tournament uh, throughout the entire group stage. And the fear was that if they did that against a team like Seattle or a better team, um, you're playing with fire. You might not be able to come back as easily. Um, so they went up. And that was great. You know, it was a it was a great penalty kick taken by by Rossi, and um, it set the tone early. I think we came out the gates with the right attitude, with the right approach. And yet, as you guys kind of have already mentioned, we should have been up four nil at 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 halftime or shortly after halftime. Um, and so it was that was the frustrating part is that you know as our finishers were not finishing. One one of the most dangerous, the most dangerous scoreline in football or soccer um, in the history of the game is 2-0. It's just um, something about psychologically that score. And I'm not, I'm not talking about Dos Acero USA's dominance over Mexico. Like, <laughs> that's, that's a different connotation of Dos Acero. This, Dos Acero traditionally or typically is a trap score and dangerous from the leading standpoint right again because there is a lull that just naturally happens the way the game works and we'll get to this on our spinoff as alex said that's not how soccer works uh but the way the game does work is as we know these games are goals are hard to come by for the most part you know an exciting game typically is two nil two goals in one game wow you got fireworks that's typically how soccer is played um so understanding that when you do score two goals, and if you do score them early, let's just say the second goal didn't come late in the match, but actually you're you're going into the 70th minute with a two goal nil, uh, two goal lead. It always is a trap for the team because now tired legs play into it. They feel comfortable because it's like, oh well, we've been dominating this team, or we already are up two nothing. So even if they score one, right, we're still sitting with the lead. And of course that's the trap part because this game, all it takes is one chance, one mistake, one bad touch to create a goal opportunity for the other team. And Mm -hmm. so in this case, that's exactly what happened. Right. Seattle could not create any chances where they were doing everything wrong. LAFC was dominating. The only thing LAFC was not doing was finishing. So it was two nil. And then of course, on just one play, a great cross and a great finish, might I add against the run of play, just like that. It was two one with 20 minutes. Now the pressure, the pressure has completely shifted because now suddenly it's like LAFC has to turn the switch on again or most teams who are in that position have to try to turn that whatever worked for them in the first 30 minutes that they got away from or first 40 minutes for for 60 minutes Mm -hmm. suddenly they have to try to re 
create, but they've lost all the momentum. And now the other team is dangerous because now they have the most dangerous thing. And that's hope or belief mm-hmm. because now they know, Hey, just one more chance and that's it. We, we have a tie game. Yep. And that damn near happened in this game. If it wasn't for an incredible save by Vermeer, uh, Rudy mm-hmm. Diaz volleyed a ball to himself and Vermeer finally came up with a, with a, timely save but this game could have just as easily been four nothing at one point and then just as easily have been two two in the 80th minute or 75th minute and who knows how that game goes imagine being an lafc uh player at that point and then conceding the lead two nil when you were dominating the whole just what that does for you psychologically to have to Mm -hmm. pretend that that didn't happen a lot of teams can't overcome that um, a lot of players can't. It starts getting in their head. Yeah. So, Sonny, how would you feel about your chances uh, against Orlando City, which uh, LAFC will be playing today at 4.30 p.m.? Uh, if you're listening into this at 4.30 p.m., it started right now. <laughs> but uh, we're hoping that you're listening to this in the morning when you guys hear this coming your, down your feet. How do you feel about uh, your chances with Orlando City, Sonny? Um, you know, I was. I think I was more... Uh, cautiously optimistic when, as the game against Seattle was approaching, it was like, oh man, okay, I think we can, I know we can beat this team, but will they execute with Orlando? Not to take your foot off the gas a little bit because you can get caught by any of these teams at any moment, but they don't possess the same quality that I, I fear as a supporter, um, they do have some talent on the field. Obviously, it's it's a quote unquote home game for them, and yeah. that they're the host of this yeah, tournament. Exactly. But there's no fans, so that really doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter to LAFC. It shouldn't affect anything. Yeah. Um, I like our chances. I'm going to stick my neck out and put a prediction for today's game, and I will say LAFC wins three to one. Yeah. Lock it in. Lock it in. <laughs> and, and go to not, Vegas. Edit this out like it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> if you download this podcast on Saturday, this will completely be edited <laughs> exactly. out. Just so you know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so save the download on Friday so you can hear the uh, prediction from Sonny and Mano. All right. So before we move on to baseball, we have some more soccer news to talk, football news to talk about. Um, the NWSL women's team, uh, Angel City, is finally gained a supporter group. Uh, there's um, and we're we're all on board as supporting this group, all three of us here, because we are yes, football yeah. fans and pro women athletes, of course. Um, however, there's already drama, as you know, there would be in any supporter group. That is mainly coming from the Galaxy supporters, because the person in charge of the official supporter group for the Angel City team is the wife of director of the 3252, Marco Rojas. His wife, Lindsay Rojas, is in charge of this Angel City NWSL LA group. Now, there's another group going on. This is the unofficial supporter group, which is led by mainly Galaxy supporters. And <laughs> I love the head shaking already from Sunny and Mano here. There's, so, there's already a civil war between supporter groups between the LA Galaxy and LAFC supporters, which um, I was hoping when the supporter group finally came together for this women's team, Angel City, that we could put our petty differences aside. LA Galaxy supporters and LAFC supporters could unite and support women's sports. That is already not happening. Is Are you surprised by this at all, Sonny? At all. No. I am why, not. Why? Point why, though? Because it's, it's what we've talked about in supporters versus cheerleaders. I know we haven't had that, that full discussion yet, but right. there's a little bit of that baked in here. Um, okay. And it's, it's the... The Galaxy cheerleaders versus the LAFC cheerleaders that are basically creating this this dissension already, right? Um, and it's ridiculous. It's it's the fact I don't care who started it. I mean, let right. the record state as you notice as you noted, it is Galaxy supporters that kind of started this petty beef, right? Uh, but but LAFC supporters carry it on and they keep going with it. So absolutely. It's, it's, Mm-hmm. It's just annoying, um, I, but I'm not surprised, to answer your, your initial question, I'm not surprised that this is what's happening as a result, because 
I don't know if it's Latino culture that's mixed into this also, but the whole, you know, something about like, oh, you think you're bad? <laughs> like that, that mentality, you know, that, that we have amongst our own folks, our own people sometime where it's like, right. oh, you ain't shit, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's like, right. come on, man. Like sometimes we're, we're too focused on putting each other down as opposed to all lifting each other up in our yeah. culture. And this is just another example of that. And it's, it's annoying, you know, because this, this has the potential to be, as we talked about a couple episodes ago or last episode, um, this has the potential to be something really huge for the sport and really huge for women athletes and, and younger athletes, you know, who are aspiring to be in this league and, and to get to that level and, and all the fortunes that come with that, hopefully. And yet here here it's almost like stay the fuck out of it lafc fans and galaxy fans like you know what just just let the women yes. do it yeah you know what i'm well saying said. like yes. let let them start this this is why you can't have nice things because <laughs> you fuckers like you know what i mean like that's just how i feel about it i i agree it's this whole um we want to install as lafc fan or lafc supporters we want to instill our ideology to this new team is as LA Galaxy supporters, we want to instill our ideology into this new supporter group. Like, no, let it, let them have their own supporter group. And if you want to be involved, be involved. But the ideology for this new supporter group will have their own identity. Let them have it. Don't try to make the LAFC supporter group what worked for them isn't necessarily going to work for you guys. But that's not take a bad good, strategy, though. But take I mean, the good I mean, from both. Take the good the from pro, both the, sides. I thought it was a smart move to bring both Lindsay Rojas and her husband, Mark Rojas, who I don't know what capacity he's maybe helping her with or if any at all, I'm not sure, but it just on paper from a business standpoint, it's a smart move. But the problem is that these fans aren't thinking business. They're not thinking big picture. They're thinking petty little, Oh no, it's cause it's not my idea. It's not the good idea. You know what I mean? It, because it's their idea. And, and, and so it, it's, a, again, it was a smart move. I, I, it, it shouldn't matter that that person had ties or, or that those people have ties with your quote unquote rivals. Um, but they also have ties with your rivals, the San Jose earthquakes. Those aren't our rivals. <laughs> San Jose rivals are not our rivals. That was your first classical before we became the classical. So, so, yeah. the, well, so that's the is, thing too, is, is that a, um, there's that part of it where uh, because Mark Rojas has like a history that obviously Galaxy fans just don't like him. He, um, Mark Rojas and Lindsey Rojas both wearing San Jose Quakes jerseys and go saying, go Quakes, hashtag beat LA. Yeah. Beat That's LA fine. Galaxy. <laughs> that's what they the, the LAFC didn't exist you yeah. fool. <laughs> but then see that's the thing like I do understand that because they helped build the 3252 that you know obviously uh, the LA it, it just the optics of it make it seem like it's more in an LAFC thing which is where kind of like the petty right. galaxy fans start to come in and, and point that out oh. which shouldn't matter I, I mean personally for it, me it, it really shouldn't doesn't. matter but I know that like it, we're starting to see this thing unfold on the internet, you know, and I believe with Alex, we were talking about what should, you know, Angel City FC or whatever the name of the team is going to be called. What are they going to have to do if it becomes like, a oh, you know, if it gets too much of this online thing, you know, sometimes people pay attention just, to that. They, then they should just align themselves 100 percent with LAFC at this point and just say, fuck off, Galaxy fans. It's either you're with you. We tried to let you get you in on this, but you guys tried to bring up some petty shit. And now there you go. Now you can't have it anymore. Because that's essentially what they're doing. <laughs> That's right. essentially what they're doing because right. that I understand why the Galaxy supporters feel that way in the sense where like they're letting somebody who's in charge of the LAFC supporter group be in charge of this new NWSL women's supporter group. So they're pretty much saying that. And if they really wanted to just create this organic supporter, uh, women's no, they're not group, saying that. By boy, you're saying wait, you're yeah, saying that are. by hiring, you're saying that by hiring an LAFC a successful. LAFC marketing marketing team that mm -hmm. just by de facto they're already alienating or or saying Galaxy fans kick rocks. 
That's what that's what you're saying. That's what I'm seeing. That's what the that's what they're all saying online. And what once again, I'm saying the worst way to get a sample size of a of a of a supporter group is the online community because they hate everything, right? Yep. However. Donald and I will speak as Galaxy supporters. We don't care who's in charge. We will support the women's team. However, the optics of it look that way yeah. online. And yeah. that's when you look at these on, these online supporters are saying, well, I'm not going to... These are Galaxy supporters saying this online. I will not be a part of any supporting group that Mark Rojas is involved with. <laughs> By that, I mean, so yes, it's petty. I admit, it's so dumb. However, that's a potential supporter you're losing now just by having an LAFC supporter on this committee. But like, that shouldn't as, be the reason. That shouldn't be the reason to then take Mark Rojas off. That's that supporter problem. That's not the. I, you got to think big picture. You're telling me the cancel culture doesn't exist, and the cancel culture w- exists. But 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 again, cancel culture for what are we canceling for exactly? <laughs> for him being a what's, San Jose Quake supporter. That's. That's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. That's the only reason to cancel anybody. <laughs> cancel stu- anybody who's a San Jose Quake supporter. I, no, I'm, no. I'm canceling that too. Uh, <laughs> I'm obviously joking. It does not matter who you support. Just support women's sports. At the end of the day, I was, exactly. I'm, I'm hoping that the Galaxy supporters and LAFC supporters can unite over this. Because in, in MLS, in men's, in men's football, pick your team, stay loyal. That's fine. Unless you're a San Jose Quakes fan, stay loyal. But it's for women's <laughs> sports. We only have one LA team, and that's where we can unite as LA football fans. Whether yeah. it's the football it's, club or the Galaxy, yeah, it's the dumbest thing ever. I, okay, where do we stop? Where do we draw the line here? If um, if the Lakers were to let's say be the marketing head for this team, right? And we were to say, well, not nah. as LAFC fans, are we going to be like, well, no, nah, fuck that. The Lakers are in bed with AEG, who's in bed with the Galaxy, who it are happens our rivals. Like that, so we're not going to even. T- no, it's it's is it an LA thing or not? Now maybe Galaxy fans can't wrap their head around this because they're not in LA. So I don't. <laughs> understand. <laughs> maybe that's the problem here. Here the it is, is again. Like, here it is. Yeah. Well, the thing um, is that we already are seeing that there is a, another supporter, an unofficial supporter group that feels like it's got started by Galaxy supporters. Oh, is it the so that's, Carson Wing? That's, of, that's already there. <laughs> the Carson Wing. The Carson um, Wing of... Uh, but, you know, they already have the Facebook the, page, the Twitter page, and all that. So they're they're really throwing, you know, they're throwing themselves down like, hey, like, this could be a different... And then, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about having multiple support groups. The, the Galaxy have that, and, and, and it, it's kind of weird at times. Like LAFC I, have it also. LAFC have fat little factions within their... No, I saw that. I saw that on the two, website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's different because the way um, it's organized, it just feels like they're all under the umbrella of the 3252. Correct. This is exactly. more like they're just completely the, different organizations that come together to watch this game. Yeah. Um, but that's I the was only not thing. aware the 3252 had a faction. Do they have the 3252 Hollywood, the 3252 that's right. the 3252 yeah. LWO? Yep. Different awesome. theme songs, different <laughs> flags that they throw up for life, forever, <laughs> for la raza. It's different. It's different. I'll just say this about we'll end this one. I, I love supporter <laughs> groups. I cannot myself be a part of one. I don't have the drum coordination to do that for, for 90 minutes. But I love I love the supporter group. Supporter groups exist. That's so awesome. And more power to you if you're out there with those drums. Man. Yeah. Don't just one thing again, supporter groups, don't wear camel to the opposing fans. Uh, well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this to, 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 to transition this over to baseball. Let me just ask this Please, one question. Yes. yes. If you, okay, we all know the Rams were new, but Donald <laughs> would be a great example here of, uh, even though they're now in LA, but, but, mm-hmm. Let's say you go to a San, you went to a San Diego Chargers game. I did. Okay, because you're you're a fan. Uh, for the, have you guys disclosed already what football teams you guys wrote for, root for? I know it's no, complicated. No, we haven't. touched the NFL because it hasn't okay. happened. But yeah, I am so, a Chargers I'm, fan. I have gone go. to the queue, so yeah. There you go, Qualcomm. Big. Yep. So, so okay. My question is. When you went to Qualcomm Stadium and, you know, you're with other fellow Chargers fans, right? 
and you guys are starting to talk. Let's say the conversation goes into, you know, because sports transcends more sports. You yeah. Know? You, you start to get into baseball talk. And they see you with all the Charger gear. You're all decked out because you're a supporter for the Chargers. And then they say, dude, Padres are looking good this season. Or I think we have a chance this season. Padres might win the division. And your heart just like shatters at that moment because you're like, wait a minute. I don't fucking care for the Padres. I'm a Dodger fan. I bleed Dodger blue. Yeah. It's like, are you going to suddenly stop talking to that dude? Because even though this one thing that you had in common that you guys were, it was all gravy. But now that you know his true feelings, that he's also a Padre supporter and you can't get behind that because the Padres are one of your rivals as a Dodger fan. Are you going to be like, you know what? You used to be cool, but fuck you, man. I'm gonna, like, like, how do you, how do you reconcile that? Because most of your Galaxy peers, it sounds like the strategy they would take is like, oh, you're you're a Potters fan? Fuck you. I don't want anything to do with you rooting for the Chargers. And I'm just going to go root for them by myself with the, the people who think like I do over here in this section. Right? Yeah. I mean, honestly, when the transition happened to L.A., it was a, it was a big old thing on the internet. Um, definitely, there was like a big division among San Diego or San Diegans or whatever it is. I, I keep thinking of anger man of Anchorman. San Diego. San Diego. That scene where they're like they're all angry. Um but yeah, a lot of a lot of San Diego people were really pissed. They were they felt betrayed and I felt sad for them because uh, I don't know what that feels like, but it feels like a really terrible thing. And I kind of was thinking, man, it it kind of sucks that like uh, that this had to happen this way. I mean, I am happy that they're in L.A., but, you know, obviously it was cool to go down to San Diego and stuff and, and, and go do stuff over there. But, um, you know, it's it's one of those things where there was a huge thing and there was like online all the time. There would always be someone trolling and saying, Hey, like we're not going to support this team anymore. Or Hey, like stop calling them the LA chargers, just say chargers or say SoCal chargers (laughs) or say, you know, like, but don't mention that it's an LA team because you know, I'm from San Diego and I'm still hurt and all that. And obviously I would, you know, have to push back and be like, dude, you got to get over it. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it is what it is. Like I, I wish I could make things different, but I can't, and a lot of people were going back and there was a lot of that happening with amongst charger reddit charger facebook groups like seriously like it was all back and forth amongst uh san diego people and and la people kind of like saying hey man like um, it sucks but oh well but san diego people would always be like stop saying la stop saying la chargers so yeah yeah, it was it was crazy but it happened and then now i think in year five or whatever we're in like everybody's cool and now you know like hey this guy's from san diego he doesn't really trip anymore he's like gotten used to it i mean everybody (laughs) assimilates so i think that's what's gonna happen i think overall like once the team gets launched and the years happen everyone's gonna just assimilate and be like yeah whatever (laughs) yeah i hope i hope you're right but i brought up that point just to exemplify like how ridiculous how ridiculous things can become no it does get ridiculous it did it did get ridiculous that first year like almost that first two years it was like oh my gosh like i can't post anything la chargers because i'm gonna get a bunch of (laughs) comments about like hey stop like gang stop stop, like gang sets pretty much don't wear that color hat around yeah exactly dude it was like that i'm like man this is crazy you can't can't i can't really be happy for this team it's it's insane um, but yeah, yeah, but then again, soccer is a different sport and soccer is just a different breed of, of fans, I think. And yeah, you're right. It might, it might not even settle that way. F- football culture, uh, going on now to baseball culture, the Dodgers kicked off their 2020 season, 60 game season. Uh, we're four games in for the Dodgers. They're two and two, uh, after oh, no, what, 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 as, as of, time, as of, as, as of, of right now, as of, yeah, yeah, yeah. As of right now, because we're recording, uh, we're about a few hours away from the Dodgers uh, playing the Houston Astros, which I'm sure is going to have a lot Houston of fireworks. Astros. That one's scheduled to go uh, nine rounds. I mean, nine innings. <laughs> and um, so we're excited to see what happens there. So by the time you hear this on Friday, we'll just talk about the Dodgers series against the Giants. And Mookie Betts, is he the player the Dodgers need? Or is he the missing piece of the championship puzzle that they need Donald, what do you think? I think so. I think so. I think that uh, he definitely sparked the bats. Um, usually when the bats get cold with this Dodgers team, they tend to stay cold throughout the game. Um, but it was cool seeing him hustle. Um, it was, I mean, just li- it, just as far as just, just seeing the game and seeing how he played, 
and seeing him go up to bat with a dirty Dodger uniform got to show you like how much of a hustle he puts out there that all the other guys don't have which it's kind of like that tells you a lot but definitely I do feel like he definitely um, makes a difference in the lineup for sure I also love the little nuance of after he got his first hit as a Dodger, he immediately asked for the baseball because he knows what it means to get his first Dodgers hit and eventually uh, his first, hopefully, Dodgers home run <laughs> yeah. maybe in Houston. Yeah. So we'll see uh, that in a couple of days. Chike had a big uh, first game. Yeah. We went four for five with a home run. Yes. And a lot of that power is coming from the mustache. What do you think, Donald? <laughs> I think he needs to keep that mustache. Uh a lot of people are saying it's reminiscent of the 80s. It's crazy. And uh, he's really working that mustache to his favor. So, yeah, Kike, don't shave that mustache. I think Donald and I got to start growing out our Kike mustache. We do. We do. Sonny, you in on this? You, you're growing nah, your man, I'll let you guys. Now? I'll let you guys handle that one. <laughs> how, did, how did your Mariners do in their first uh, opening weekend? Uh, while we were the fortunate ones to face the reigning AL cheaters, I mean, champions, <laughs> uh, the Houston Astros, and we, as expected, did not fare too great. I think we, we ended the four game set one and three. Um, but I liked what I saw out of our young bucks. So it was good. It was just nice to have baseball back for, for all four days before, uh, before the season had gotten canceled by now, when you're listening to it on Friday, <laughs> as of this of, recording right now on Tuesday, it's not canceled yet. So hopefully we're, we're, it's getting there. <laughs> so hopefully on next week's podcast, we have another weekend of games to recap and not just tell you guys the season got canceled, but it might be that way. The angels yeah. also got their season started. Shohei Otani, actually pitched a game how did that work out for this did he though did he <laughs> donald when was the last time shohei otani actually pitched a game shohei otani last pitched in 2018 um he debuted this weekend and didn't record an out and it was crazy because they had to pull him from the game uh, i believe he only threw 30 pitches um, the Angels were facing the Oakland Athletics for their opening series. Um, the Oakland A's ended up winning that game six to four. Uh, Mike Trout actually had a pretty good game. He um, he hit a, a three run homer, and you know he did a sacrifice fly in the fifth inning as well. Um, but unfortunately, it was not enough for the Angels, and it looks like uh, Shohei Otani was no Tani for sure this uh, debut. <laughs> <laughs> So at the at the time of us recording this, the reason we keep saying that there may not be a season to report on next podcast is because of the news that broke uh, on Monday that uh, there's 15 cases, positive cases of COVID-19 for the Mar Miami Marlins players, you know, players and a couple of coaches, which one of them I hope is not Donnie Baseball. By all means, save Donnie Baseball. Um, <laughs> do you think... The season is going to the. Do you think the MLB season will continue to play out all sixty games and playoffs? Sunny Mono, what do you think? If I had to bet, I'd say no. They already came out with language saying that they're not married to every team playing all sixty games. Wow. Um, meaning that they would then, by default go into winning percentages to determine who gets into the playoffs as opposed to wow. records. Um, so it just was always going to, it, it was of all the sports that started back up, baseball seemed like the most reckless one in terms of how they planned for it. Not necessarily the sport itself, but all the other sports are in bubbles or have been in bubbles or the, the NBA as, as of today, actually, um, when you hear this has already kicked off its bubble. Um, but MLB, for whatever reason, chose to allow all their players to continue to travel mm -hmm. to their respective home stadiums. And not only that, in a condensed 60-game season, I think every team at most has five off days. So there's not much room there or opportunity there to make up games. Um and unless you're willing to kill your players by making them play double headers during the summer every every other day or every other or twice a week, um, then I don't see how in the event that this happens again, that there's another outbreak by another team, because, of course, it's a it's a domino effect. 
I don't see how they're going to be able to get every team to play a full 60 game season, which again, just illustrates how much of a joke this thing was from the beginning. Yes, I'm guilty of watching it. Uh, as long as it's happening, I don't feel great about it. But it, but I think because I went into it knowing, well, it's like a train wreck, right? Like it's, it's like hard to look away from a train wreck um, and you just kind of enjoy it as it's passing by and I, I hope for the player's safety, obviously, and the coach's safety that, you know, this small outbreak that happened almost immediately um, was a wake up call as to, hey, you guys better start implementing more stringent, uh, you know, policies. Enforce the rules. Exactly. That's all you got to do. Enforce the rules. There was rules placed. Exactly. Like no spitting, no grabbing, no none of that. And you're seeing, there's, you're seeing it open. They do that. Exactly. They celebrate. They High do fives, all that stuff. All that stuff. And they're not supposed to be doing all that. Exactly. And it's crazy to see that it's not being enforced. And I'm not saying that's the reason why it's spreading or why this happened. But it's like you, you can't go to what's happening right now with the outbreak because this is an outbreak now mm-hmm. and not not point to the fact that like you're watching on national tv that guys are not doing what they're supposed to be doing right and it's ridiculous so i feel like yeah like they got to enforce those rules that's one of the things they have to do is enforce those no spitting rules no high-fiving rules but it's also it's hard to social distance inside of a, a clubhouse obviously but inside of a dugout i don't understand why they're all piled in the dugout there and when we watch the um, uh, football in Europe, they're not allowing their subs on the bench. They're all sitting in the empty in the empty stands. I don't understand why they're not doing that with the baseball. Team. Arrogance, the baseball it's arrogance, man. Mm-hmm. It's stubbornness and arrogance. That's why they're doing it. I mean, they're they're going to make the case that hey, part of the game is us talking in between pitches about our approaches and you know how what we're seeing when this pitcher is throwing his curveball and you know it's it's it, that those are some of the in-game conversations yes that do happen in a dugout every game but this again it was not meant to be a regular season by any stretch of the imagination so you have to adjust yeah. certain things that you would have been used to getting i mean this season the astros already had to struggle with not having a, a live camera feed in their dugout <laughs> you know so you guys have to adjust with not being able to talk over pitches in real time that often you know what i'm saying so yeah yeah i i have a bad feeling i agree with you uh sunny uh, that this season is not going to play out this season's going to probably get halfway at best and i think it's just because sports can happen but you have to have a, a bubble at least in the united states yeah in other countries they, they've figured it out a little bit better than we have yeah, yeah. we're all for bubbles <laughs> so let's talk about the nba bubble that's gonna they got kicked off last night lakers versus clippers uh, but before this, the bubble even <laughs> blew up, there was already a bubble burst for the Clippers uh, team. What happened uh, to Lou Williams, uh, Donald? So Lou Williams had to quarantine for 10 days, uh, which made, is making him miss two games. Yeah, apparently he had an excused absence to go to, uh, I believe it was a funeral, his grandfather's funeral, if I'm not mistaken. And... He came back and they posted on social media. Well, I guess a rapper posted on social media a photo of him at a strip club. And I guess it got to the league offices and then the league had to investigate. And even though the rapper took it down and said, hey, I was just reminiscing with Lou Williams. Um, I didn't get to see the photo because I guess it got taken down so quickly. But um, which is funny. I thought someone would have screenshot it. But I, I guess I didn't dig deep enough. But I did see that someone posted uh, that the mask that Lou Williams has was like the NBA issued one for the bubble. So this was not like a long time wow. ago. This was this was recent. I so thought, I thought he was just getting wings. Isn't that? What yeah. That, and that's and then that was the thing that he, they asked him and he said, no, I just went to go have dinner and stuff, you know. So it's like, oh, OK, um, you went to go eat at a strip club. Like, all right. So Lou Williams has to quarantine for 10 days. Uh, and. That's that's in, in, probably the most uh, craziest drama we've had in LA sports right now with uh, the bubble uh, news. We've always kind of felt that something was going to happen in the bubble, right? Like yeah. we always felt like that. And even we, then, I, I thought, and even then, I, I thought the craziest news we would hear. Sorry to no, cut you off, Sunny, but really quick, the funniest thing I thought we were going to hear is Dwight Howard not wanting to wear his mask <laughs> inside the bubble. Right, a couple, a couple that happened yeah. previously. Like, oh, why are you not? What they like? They were gonna. They pretty much told him you gotta wear your mask. They snitched like, on I'm him, in man. The bubble, right? There's a lot of snitching going on inside this bubble. Chris I think, Paul. Sonny, you brought up that there's a hotline, <laughs> right? Chris Paul. <laughs> yeah. 
What what happened with Chris oh, Paul? He's just the NBA's resident snitch, man. What you mean? What yeah. happened? <laughs> <laughs> so, Sonny, do you feel conflicted going into this NBA bubble season the same way you felt conflicted before the MLS's back tournament got started? You had these feelings of, is it right for us to be watching with everything that's going on, which will always feel that way. But do you feel like this NBA bubble is a little bit safer in their protocol than the MLS bubble has been? Yes. To answer that question, I feel that of all the leagues, the team sports, because we we talked about UFC's bubble and and what that is and why I felt most comfortable watching those events. Um, but the NBA, I feel of all the leagues on paper and not just on paper, just credit to, to, to Adams silver and the players association for really working side by side here and rolling out what looks to be a pretty safe, um, or stringent, as we talked about earlier, set of rules to follow, to go by, to adhere to the safety guidelines, the health and safety guidelines. So, uh, I mean, from the daily testing to the, you know, excused absences, but then having to quarantine immediately when re-entering the bubble, um, I feel like that I trust the this league the most uh, by far over all the other leagues. Although again, credit to the MLS, man, they, they've had knock on wood, zero t- positive tests. Uh, I think for the last two weeks, almost, almost mm-hmm. since the bubble started or since the tournament started. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. kudos to them. They, they, kept they got them. rid of filthy FC Dallas because <laughs> they, um, they, they managed it and, uh, and that's great. You know, that was the best case scenario is that you were able to pull off this event. We have our sports back. We're able to watch. And everybody who participated was safe. Um, I think the NBA has something to follow there. And I think they will for the most part. Hopefully, they seem, they're seem they a pretty transparent league. So I think we'll, we'll know about it, obviously. But um, I definitely don't trust MLB. And I definitely, definitely do not trust the NFL uh, by comparison. So, yeah, I mean, there is a still that that confliction or that conflicted feeling of, well, is it still too soon? Like, do we really need sport, sports right now? But um, I do feel that this league, the NBA, that is, of all the leagues, is the best suited to pull this off. Well said there, Sonny. I, I completely agree with everything you just said there, 100%. And we don't need sports. It'd be great if we can get some aspect of sports as long as it's done safely and when athletes eventually do test positive because sometimes there's just no way around it what's going on with baseball if you're inside of a bubble is the only way to keep them safe from actually getting uh from testing positive and getting contracting the virus so bubbles are nothing for at least for uh, at least for team sports that's my view on this yeah um so in the nba bubble donald is pretty much this the lakers championship to lose are they going to win it, or is this just, or are we just playing scrimmage games until the Lakers play the finals against the Bucks? Um, no, they they definitely look really strong. I saw a couple of the scrimmage games, and um, and I just want to say too as well from all the bubble teams and all the bubble leagues, um, the NBA I think by far translates the best on TV. Um, they did a good job. Critics credit to Adam Silver and just everybody involved to get that going. But, uh, yeah, the Lakers look really strong. Their starters look really good. Um, their backups are pretty good. I mean, I could see Frank Vogel have a nice rotation, uh, seeing J.R. Smith and Dion Waiters just come in and get some buckets for a couple minutes was really good. Yeah, I could totally see that being clutch in a playoff scenario. Um, so, yeah, I do feel like they, that this is, like you said, I think this is for them to lose. I don't see a team that could be better than them um even with the clippers winning i don't know i mean we'll see how they pan out but i know that the clippers also you can't really sleep on them but at the same time i do feel that um they they, i don't know i I just don't feel like they're as complete as the lakers look right now and i don't know if it was the time off that helped the lakers out because i think the lakers were really like kind of they were really strong but at the same time i always kind of was scared that because they couldn't beat the clippers i think they they barely edged out that one last game that they did that they played against they it just felt like i don't know like i I always felt that maybe the clippers would be the roadblock but i think now seeing them in these scrimmages and seeing how strong they look i don't know i feel like it's i'm feeling the opposite of it now i feel like it's it's theirs for theirs to win so sunny do you think the lakers are gonna win this championship 
without a roadblock? I, I mean, I, th- I think the biggest roadblock to all teams really here is just stay away from a positive test, man. You know, like stay away from losing a key player uh, for a substantial amount of time. I mean, the fact that Lou Williams <laughs> had to, Lou Williams had to miss the um, first two games. I mean, arguably we'll, we'll know, but I think it could, obviously it's going to hurt. That's one of their leading scorers. Um, yeah. And if, if we were to be put in that similar situation where let's just say, God forbid, you know, even somebody like a Kuzma, I don't even want to say LeBron's name because we all know what that would mean. <laughs> but let's say Kuzma were to get it or somebody, you know, our third leading scorer, that that can hurt. You know, that's the obstacle that I'm afraid of is the unknown of, oh man, yeah. what if one of these dudes turns up with like a positive test and they have to quarantine for the stretch run or something like that or worse th- in, during the playoffs. Um, yeah. But outside of that, I totally agree with Donald. I think uh, the addition of of J.R. Smith and and now implementing Deion Waiters fully is it's going to hurt having Avery Bradley not here with us. But I think that between those two guys, they can pick up the slack. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, the key is really Caruso, man. I just want to yeah, know what Caruso. That's really can, it. That, I, that, yeah, he's going to have to step up as yeah. a point guard big time. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't see Frank Vogel wanting. Uh, LeBron to take a lot of that load because um, you got to save him for the finals. You right. know, you got to save him for like at least the Western finals. Um, yep. You got to save him for that. So Caruso definitely has to step up. Um, we have yeah, no Rondo. It's going to be crazy. No Rondo. Yeah, no so. Rondo, no Rondo, no Bradley. It's just, yeah. So it's it's on Caruso. It's on, um, you know, all the other guards, uh, including J.R. Smith and Deion Waiters and even uh, Cook. Um, even though I don't, he doesn't get a lot of the pressure, but I mean, if he can come in just to kind of alleviate a little bit, that helps a lot. But yeah, for the Clippers, it is, there's still, there's still a threat. Obviously Lou Williams is their sixth man that would come in and just kind of turn it around with their uh, second unit. And without that, I don't know how they're going to look. I kind of do feel like, oh man, that's, that's not a good look for them. So yep. yeah, Lou Williams is a, is a factor in that squad. So that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Thank you again to Sonny and Mana for joining us this week. Check out his podcast, The Fox Crate Podcast. Follow him on Instagram at The Fox Crate. Next week, we'll talk more about what LAFC is doing in the MLS Reopen Cup Tournament. More MLB and NBA coverage. Wow, sports is really trying to restart during all this craziness. So I got to appreciate that. And hopefully it is still happening. Uh, please be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WestBoxScore. Uh, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts downloaded. Thanks a lot. See ya. Peace. Later.